Hello, welcome to Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's guest co-host is Bethany. Hello. So basically the gist of the show is that we talk about films that I love based on whatever the topic of the episode is. And in the first half of the show, I talk to my guests about whatever the topic is. So this is our Valentine's Day episode. So today's topic is a romantic comedy film. And the movie I chose is Aladdin. But first, uh, Bethany is going to tell us some of her favorite romantic comedy films. Okay. So, my first one that I'm going to talk about is my favorite rom-com, which is The Proposal with Sandra Bullock and Andrew Andrew Garfield. (sighs) Wow, it's been a day. Ryan Reynolds. Do you want to know why I said that? Why? Because his name is Andrew in the film. Oh, (laughs) That's funny. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and um, Betty White, rest in peace. And the film um, came out around like 2008, I want to say. I know we were, I think, eighth grade. I went to go see it with my best friend. I fell in love with it. When it came onto DVD, I needed to have it. I think I got it for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I still love it, you know. However, many years later now, like 15 years later, whatever it is, about. Um, yeah, I, I still think that it holds up. It's not really that dated. It's very funny. And um, all the actors are very strong in it. Yeah, I think we've only watched it like two times together. But every time we do watch it, I always uh, I always laugh at it because it's pretty funny. It is. My favorite scene is when... Um, is when Ryan Reynolds and uh, Sandra Bullock are trying to explain to the um, the family how how he proposed to her. Yeah, yeah, at the party, at the yeah. engagement party. Yep, that's a funny scene. Yeah, they're all they're all like they're all really um, great in the film. All the actors, and it's very funny. I don't know what else to say other than the fact that it's a genuinely hysterical film. Like. Rom-coms are a hit or a miss, but I think this one is pretty damn solid. Don't you agree? Like, yeah. it's one of the, definitely one of the better ones out there. It takes place in Alaska, so you get some beautiful scenery. Oh, yeah, and it, I always forget that um, in the movie, it's always daytime. Mm-hmm. Well, in the second half of the movie, it's always yeah. daytime. Because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, my second film is A Cinderella Story with Hilary Duff, Jennifer Coolidge, Chad Michael Murray. Um, just another, you know, spin on, like, the Cinderella story. Like, literally, like, the story of Cinderella. Um, but this was, like, the first film to really do that, like, in the early 2000s. But to have, like, the, like, the modern... Kind of like tween, yeah. tween take on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because then they ended up doing that like a bunch of times with like Selena yeah. Gomez. And, yeah. So there's like another Cinderella story. And then like, you know. But no, this one is, um, this one is really, um, it screams 2000s. It screams Y2K. Um, and... Like the fashion, the the whole texting, IM back and forth, the instant yeah. messaging, 
Um, this movie came out in 2004. We were in fourth grade. I actually remember... Yeah. I used to watch it all the time, and I remember wanting to dress as her for Halloween, like when she goes to the the party, the prom or whatever, the homecoming dance. Yeah. I wanted to, to dress like her. My mom couldn't find a dress. We found the mask. It was, like, perfect, but we couldn't find a dress that was perfect enough. That would have been a dumb costume now that I think about it because everyone would have been like who are you <laughs> you know yeah, but I guess. <laughs> but um because she's wearing like a wedding dress it literally is a wedding dress yeah um I love Rhonda the side character but she's kind of a stereotype now yeah she's like I'm gonna fight her hold my earrings and I'm like <laughs> um what else did I want to say about that film the, the soundtrack is great Oh my gosh, the soundtrack is so good to that film. And it's very quotable. It's a yeah. very quotable movie. Like, I can just pull quotes out, like, off the top of my head, like a million of them. It's kind of like Mean Girls. It's very similar to Mean yeah. Girls. Well, it came out, like, the same year as Mean Girls, I think. Mean Girls was 2004? I think so, yeah. And you've got, like, the three Mean Girls, the main one, like, yeah. the blonde one. It's, like, the plastics. Yeah. Yeah, well, Jennifer Coolidge is really funny oh, in that she's movie. She's, like, the best part in that we need movie, to watch that together we never watched it like you've never seen it so no, not all the way through but i have seen like parts no but of you've it. never seen like the full movie all the way through yeah. you need to we're gonna watch it yeah um okay another rom-com that i enjoy is my big fat greek wedding mm-hmm. this film is a good representation of like big families like the the big Italian families, the big Jewish families, the big Hispanic families, the big Greek families, like the families with like a like a a culture to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time I hear people talk about their families in that you know regard, like yeah. oh my family, my Italian family, this is the way we act, and it's like, <laughs> it's you know, they're yeah. very loud and they're very nosy, but it's like everybody's in everybody's business, but not in a bad way. Like they're all mm-hmm. very tight knit. Um, very into like food and cooking and eating. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's very it's very relatable, I guess, for a lot of people. Um, it's funny because I work with a lot of Italian women, and they're always talking about like how their families are like that. Like one of my coworkers was like, "Do you ever see my big fat Greek wedding?" <laughs> yeah. We're Italian, but it's the same. So I love that movie. I think it's cute because I think that the guy, I forget his name, but the male character, the boyfriend, the husband, he loves her so much. He's willing to undergo changing religions and he knew how crazy her family was and he still like had his parents meet them. And I don't know. I just think that it's cute. Well, I remember we, we sat down and we watched it last year, I think. Mm-hmm. And I do remember the things that kind of stuck out to me was how nice the main mm-hmm. the 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 male love interest was in that. Because a lot of the times, like they're not always like mm-hmm. really that nice. Her dad's the movies. crazy one in that movie. But I don't know. Like he actually was. Like I I guess like you could argue that maybe he was a little too like boring of a character. But like I don't, I don't know. know. It was kind I... of a nice thing to see. Like a he loved her. A nice guy from like start to finish. In that yeah, romantic comedy. Um, so. another one, this is one of my favorites. Oh, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie's like junk food in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's complicated. 
yeah. with Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin, who strangely had hysterical chemistry together. Like, they were really great together. Um, obviously, <laughs> it's not really believable that they were married, like, because I'm pretty sure she's a lot older than he is. Maybe not. Probably like, by 10 years, maybe. Yeah, I know. That's kind of a lot to me. But, um... It was it was funny. They were great together playing exes. And it's funny because you always hear about like young couples like that break up and then they start hooking up again. That, you know, this and that. And it you just don't hear that with like older people. I mean, I'm sure it happens. Absolutely sure it happens. Yeah. But, you know, they're an older divorced couple. They've been divorced for 10 years who reconnected their son's college graduation and then they start having sex. And then they think maybe they're falling back in love, but they're not. Um, so it's kind of a good um, lesson of just because you're intimate with somebody doesn't mean that you're in love with them. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like, don't let somebody charm you and fool you. Like, because she was like, he's still a shitty person, but the sex is good. But, you know, so. And then um, Steve Martin is in it as well as. Yeah. Um, her friend who oh her architect who's helping her redesign her kitchen and becomes her friend and then she goes on dates with him and then she blows him off i'm not gonna give away the whole movie but it's funny there are some great jokes in there another comfort film of mine i can watch it when i'm having a bad day and i laugh it was directed by the same woman that did father of the bride i'm pretty i'm pretty sure yeah Look I think that's really that sounds that sounds accurate. Um, it's complicated. This came out in two thousand and nine, by the way. Um, it was directed by Nancy Myers. Or maybe I'm thinking of Nora Ephron. Um, what did this woman make? <laughs> she was the director. I don't know. Maybe she did the screenplay. Oh yeah, oh, Father yeah, of the yeah, Bride. Yeah, I was yeah, right. Father of the Bride. Yeah, and the Holiday. And the intern and the parent trap. Yeah. Interesting. Those are some great films that she did. Huh. They all have the, I realized that on all the posters, because we're looking up the IMDB page right now, all the posters have like the same like design, like yeah, the same font the and same everything. Font. It's really funny. Look at these three right in a row. It's complicated the holiday and Jack. Oh, uh, something's, no, something's gotta, gotta give. give. Oh, with Jack Nicholson and uh, Diane, Diane Keaton. It's so funny. They all have the same font. Yeah. And I have one more film. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, my last one is Look Who's Talking mm-hmm. with John Travolta and Kirstie Alley. This is really funny. So I made this list, obviously, like yesterday or the day before, whenever it was. Mm-hmm. My coworker brought this movie up today. Oh, really? Yeah, because he was talking about babies for some reason or or ch- no children because my one of my students who doesn't speak like too well but he's getting there um he was like oh they need to make a look who's talking too with you or a look yeah. or another look who's talking movie and then we started talking about it i was like oh yeah there are like three films and yeah today literally yeah. today mm-hmm. <laughs> so look who's talking the mom has a baby with a guy that she's casually seeing She's, like, in her mid-30s, so she's getting a little bit, you know, up there in baby-making age. So it's kind of a blessing that she gets pregnant with a cute little baby boy. And she's like, well, I'm breaking up with this guy. He's an a-hole. He has a wife, nonetheless. He has a a wife. 
And um, so he's like, I can't leave my wife and grown kids just to start a new family. And she's like, well, fuck you then. So then she raises him all by herself. She lies to her mother, telling her mother that she had artificial insemination, but she didn't. Um, Because she's like, I wanted a baby, even though it was completely by accident. Mm -hmm. And then she meets um, a nice guy who actually is her taxi driver, I believe. Something like that, or he stole her cab. No, that's 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 playing straight on. No, no, no. He is her, or was a taxi. Yeah, he was a taxi driver. Um, and it's John Travolta, and they, um, John Travolta draws interest to the baby. That sounds weird, but like he always (laughs) wanted a son, so he's always like, oh, like every time he sees her, he's like, hey, like little guy, and Mm -hmm. then he like starts babysitting while Mm -hmm. she goes out on dates, which is ironic because then they fall in love. Yeah. So, and Bruce Willis does the voice of the baby. It's such a great movie. It's so, like... I don't know. I love it. Um, yeah. So what did you think of the options that I selected for my top five? Or however many I... Maybe... I, I don't even know how many I did. Was it five? I think so. But what did you think? No, yeah. I, I uh, like yeah. the the options. Yeah. Out of all of them, like, It's Complicated is probably my favorite one. Really? Not The Proposal? Actually, yeah, the proposal. Yeah, I take that back. <laughs> and then it's complicated? Yeah. So I remember showing John it's complicated because I was like, John's going to love eat this shit up. This is yeah. his. He loves drama and all that. And he didn't like it. He made yeah. fun of it. But there's only one reason why I think he didn't like it. Because he saw the rating of it or something. No, not that. But um, we watched it with Matt. Do you remember? And like, oh, you, yeah, that's and, like right. you and Matt are like obviously like very big into film so he wanted to show off and be like oh this is terrible yet he proceeded to show us like some trashy christmas movie about just friends or whatever like that was so much worse than this (laughs) like i was surprised he didn't like it i think he should give it another shot because he he shat on this movie like he was like talking about it like it was garbage now that I think about it, I feel like that he would like that yes! movie. But that's why I showed it to him. I don't know. Maybe he was just having an off day that day. Yeah, that's so weird. Sometimes isn't movies it? catch you at the wrong moments, and then like you go back or and you, you mean rewatch. You catch a movie at the wrong moment. Yeah, yeah. And then you go back and you rewatch it, and then you're like, "Oh, this is amazing. Why didn't I like this?" Yeah. That was like me with Blade Runner. Yeah, I th- don't remember if I saw that or not. Uh, ready to uh, get into it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so it's our Valentine's Day episode, which by this point, it's going to be a little later than Valentine's Day, but yeah. whatever. And we're kind of cheating with Aladdin a little bit, because Aladdin's not, doesn't quite fit into the romantic comedy category, but whatever. Um, so today we're talking about Aladdin. So, Aladdin is an animated musical fantasy comedy film released on November 25th, 1992. It was directed by John Musker and Ron Clements. The songs were written by Alan Menken, Howard Ashman, and Tim Rice. It was based off of Aladdin and the Magic Lamp from 1001 Nights. The screenplay was written by Ron Clements, John Musker, Ted Elliott, and Terry Rossio. The story was written... Oh, yeah. Well, this is going to be very long, so... uh, uh, hold on to your pants or whatever people say. Do people say that? Is that what people say? What? Hold on to your pants? No, it's... 
hold on to your your hats. Hold, yeah, hold, yeah, hold on, yeah, to, hold your on hats. to your hats. Yeah, your okay, pants. <laughs> your pants. <laughs> um, okay, the story was written by Bernie Mattinson, Roger Allers, uh, Don Gips, Kevin Harkey, Sue Nichols, Francis Glebus, uh, Daryl Rooney, Larry Lecker, James Fuji, Kirk Hansen, Kevin Lima, Rebecca Reese, David S. Smith. Chris Sanders, Brian Primental, and Patrick A. Ventura. It stars Scott Weinger. Wanger? Weinger? Is that it? Weinger? Oh, Scott um Scott Weiner. Wagner? Weiner? Wait, wait. <laughs> Scott. The one from Full House. Yeah, the, the guy from Full wait, House. Scott Weinger. Weinger? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Robin Williams, Linda Larkin, Jonathan Freeman, Frank Welker, Gilbert Gottfried, and Douglas Seal. Uh, yeah, so how do we open this up? Like, fucking Aladdin, man. Like, one of the greatest Disney films ever made. I think this was the the one that came out after Little Mermaid, I think. A Little Mermaid came out in 1989. When and this was, was 90, 92. This was 92. This probably was right after because yeah. I think after that was probably like Lion King. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I think, when did Beauty and the I Beast think Lion out? King was 90. Oh, no, 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 no. First, it was Little Mermaid. Then it was Beauty and the Beast, right. I think. And then it was Aladdin. And then. Lion 91. King, 91 yeah. was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what about. No, never mind. Ignore me. I was going to say Mulan, but that's later. Yeah, that was way later. Yeah. <laughs> well, not extremely way later, but, you know. Um, but, yeah, this was, like, another one of the, like, one of the big films of the Disney Renaissance. The best era. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just, I mean, it's very interesting because, um, just a very interesting era for Disney just because this it was, like, when... Um, Jeffrey Katzenberg was trying to get the studio back to its glory days. And then, of course, uh, you know, the great directors, uh, John Musker and Ron Clements. And uh, and then, of course, you have the, the songwriting team with uh, Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. And I, I remember I recently I, I sat down and I was watching a video about... Um, the Disney Renaissance. And I remember them talking a lot about uh, Howard Ashman and them just like basically saying just like what a genius he was. And I saw like kind of like some clips of him like talking about like, like how songs are like written in musicals and stuff. And he just seemed, he did, he did seem like a really smart guy. And that's what all Howard Ashman. Oh yeah. The one he's, yeah. The guy, yeah. The guy who died, Uh, which yeah, just makes it, just really tragic. Uh, and I think this was the final movie that he worked on with Disney. And then he worked on with Alan Menken and, uh, and they were like really good partners, like, so, like a really good songwriting team together. And I, I think this might've been the same video or somebody said that they think that this was the last time. Like, not that like Alan Menken ever like wrote bad stuff after this, but they said that they felt that he didn't, write anything as good as when he was writing with Howard Ashman. So, yeah, it's just, it's 
kind of interesting to think about. But then they also got Tim Rice to write some lyrics for this movie as well. Who's so that's that? interesting. Uh, Tim Rice. Uh, I think he he wrote the he also wrote the lyrics for the the Lion King. I, I think I'm pretty sure. Elton John did well, all the music. Well, yeah, Elton John did the music, but Tim Rice did the lyrics. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So. And yeah, I mean, of course, like this soundtrack is a classic. You know, whole new world. Oh my god. Um. Um. A whole new world, friend like me, Prince Ali. That's really the best ones. I was gonna say I could do or take. Give or take. Uh, Arabian Nights? No, yeah, but I was thinking um, one jump ahead of the bread line. Dun, dun. I mean, they're all memorable songs. Like, I remember all that of them. That one never stuck with me. Like, I was just kind of like, eh. Only those three really stuck with me. And then is yeah. that it? I think so. I could be wrong. Obviously, but... the Broadway musical. Oh, they, uh, they Prince Ali. Wait, did we say Prince Ali? I said Ali? Prince Ali, yeah. friend like me. Whole New Whole world. world. And then there's Arabian Nights. And then there's and... the reprise of uh, Prince Ali oh. that oh. Jafar sings. Oh, yeah. I have a note But then I think, I think that's it with the songs mm-hmm. for, in the movie. The villain reprise, actually, I don't remember it. Like, like, no, I didn't. Like, while I was watching it, I was like, I don't remember this. How many times have I seen this movie and I don't remember this? It was very theatrical to me. Like, it was very, like, musical theater. And it kind of also reminded me of, obviously, this came way later, but the Mother Knows Best reprise. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, do all of them have reprises that I've just ignored? And then I thought about it. I was like, Scar doesn't. Ursula doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So. The Dark reprise. Yeah. Sung by the villain. I need to watch The Princess and the Frog again. I was thinking of Dr. Facilier, too. He has a song. Yeah. Friends on the other side. Mm-hmm. I, right? That's it? Friends on the other side? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, should we talk about the casting? Yeah. Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> I said, <laughs> his voice is perfect for Iago because it's so annoying. Yeah. He's like, I'm Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> I'm going to yell. <laughs> Doesn't he have a cooking I, show? Does he? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's Jeff Goldblum. I don't know. But, wait, no. I'm pretty sure that... Gilbert Gottfried is doing something these days that's a little bit, like, strange. I mean, he's always done strange things. I always love, I don't, I think you saw this, the video where he's, um, where they're pretending that he's, uh, he's doing, like, an audiobook for Fifty Shades of Grey. Remember that? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so funny. I actually think that Gilbert Gottfried is is pretty funny in this movie. I know a lot of people love to, like, hate on him and stuff. But there are, like, parts that are, like, really funny. I think, well, like, my favorite part is, like, when he's trying to... Or, like, he's about to walk out of the crypt or whatever. And then um, Jasmine walks into the room. But Jafar doesn't want her to notice him. So, like, he, like, shuts the door Mm -hmm. on his body. And he's like, Jafar, I'm stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it just kind of occurred to me while we were watching this. I think this is, like, one of the movies that we quote the most. This one? Really? Yeah. I guess so. We always say, Jafar, I'm stuck. We always talk about the part where 
the genie goes like, you bad boy. Oh, yeah. And he turns into the sheep. I like Well, the... I feel sheepish. <laughs> I like the one where he's like, I can't believe this. I'm losing to a rug. Yeah. I don't know why. I just think it's funny the way he looks. And I love it, too, right after when he's like, when he imitates Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a straight shooter, you got it. No, wait. If you want to court the little lady, you got to be a straight shooter. Do you got it? Yeah. Another thing about the the voice casting, um, <laughs> I was thinking about um, Jonathan. Jonathan. Wow, I can't talk. Jonathan Freeman, who voices Jafar, mm-hmm. played Jafar on Broadway as well. And do you remember when we went to go see it, he wasn't there. Oh, yeah. He got yeah. his understudy. Yeah. We literally went for him. I would have loved to Was he to supposed hear... to do it that day? Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. So we literally went for him, and he wasn't and yeah. there. Yeah, that was so disappointing, but oh, well. The show was enjoyable enough that it didn't, like, ruin the evening. The show was really fun to see, I will admit. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I don't remember. I remember Iago was a person, not a bird. I don't remember, like, I don't remember, like, too, too much of it, the show. I just remember... That it was beautiful to look at. Like, all the costumes, the set pieces, all of, you know, the aesthetic aspects were gorgeous. Yeah. I liked... Okay, so what did you think of the the new movie, the live-action one? I wasn't really that crazy about it. I actually watched yeah. it um, the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah, when you were at work. Oh. Um, I watched it again, and... Uh, I actually really liked it. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was... I think... I thought it was the best they could have done with it. Yeah. I don't really think... What else could they have done to make it better? Really nothing. I mean, it's like asking a person to repaint the Mona Lisa. It's like... Right. But I enjoy it. Yeah, but... Something about, like, hardcore Disney fans. Mm-hmm. Like myself. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, I wanted more. Like, I wanted to see more of everything. I wanted to... I was obsessed with Cinderella. I would have killed for a live-action Cinderella when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, just because it feels like you're actually seeing them. Or I also loved, you know, Beauty and the Beast. Would have loved to have seen... Even though I don't like the live-action Beauty and the Beast that came out, Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen that as a kid. I would have been obsessed. So, like, I feel like... And, like, look at, like, Lila and Violet and Henry and Teddy. Like, I know particularly Henry really likes this movie because he's had me put it on before a couple times for him but like kids like this movie and i don't know i i really thought that they did a good job well i was gonna say i think i think one of the reasons why this movie uh is so appealing uh is just because like i feel like this was like the first movie that like both demographics could like like boys and girls could both enjoy it because it wasn't like yeah too princessy you no, know what yeah, I mean? like yeah, there were yeah. like both things in it not that there's anything wrong with like you know like little mermaid or beauty and the beast or anything like that but i feel like this one like especially like 
Like, you could see, like, little boys yeah. getting into it as well. When did Hercules come out? 94? 97, I think. Oh, we were alive. 96, 97, something like that. I actually remember the toys at McDonald's. Oh, really? You don't remember? I Hercules? do not remember that. I actually got pain and panic. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Oh, no, I got Hades, too. I had Hades. Yeah, and I hadn't seen, but I didn't see the movie until I was a little bit older. I think the first time I saw Hercules, I was like 14. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I've been watching Hercules since 13? I was like a toddler. No, so. I didn't. I didn't see it. There were a lot of movies yeah. I didn't see. I didn't see Sleeping Beauty. I didn't see Mulan. I didn't see Hercules. I didn't see Dumbo, like any of those. Bambi. Bambi, do you want to know the first time I watched Bambi was? During lockdown. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't watch those. I watched everything else. <laughs> I watched, like, Lilo and Stitch. And, like, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think we mentioned before that the voice of Aladdin is Steve. DJ, yeah, from DJ's boyfriend Full in Full House. Yeah, yeah, I find that really funny because they just did Fuller House. And he yeah. literally sounds exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. And they did an episode of Full House where they went to Disneyland. And Steve oh, yeah. met, Doesn't he... he met Aladdin. Yeah. Like they do like a reference to Aladdin yeah, somehow, yeah, yeah. but I can't remember how they did it. I know. It. I, I don't remember either. Yeah. But of course, I think we got we to gotta talk about Robin Williams a little yeah, bit. Yeah, of course. I mean, he, yeah, he really was just like amazing and uh I yeah had... this part is just it's really like he's just like so funny in it i mean like it what i think what made it so unique was that like at the time like you weren't really used to seeing like that kind of a character in like a kid's movie before kind of like this fast talking like supernatural character that like drops like pop culture references and stuff which like the fast talking <laughs> yeah well that's because because of this yeah. movie, you Olaf know? now. I mean, yeah. every movie that came out after Aladdin always had some kind of like fast talking supernatural sidekick, <laughs> you know, like like with like Mulan and uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, Dom Dame, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, Who's in that? The gargoyles. the gargoyles. Yeah, I've only seen that movie once. Yeah, but um, I mean, like, I guess you could say like. Beetlejuice might have been the first to do that kind but of character, I, but, but this was like the first time like you saw it like in like a kids animated feature. I'm thinking like Lumiere and Cogsworth though, and Sebastian, which were before him. Yeah, but they weren't like they didn't do it like they didn't have like comedians. No, they you know were like I mean? the con. They were like the conscious. Yeah, they were like the ones that were supposed to be like the the um. What's, what did you call it? Not like, like the devil angel on your shoulder. The, yeah, um, like your conscience. Yeah, your yeah. conscience. But like, but they you're, weren't you're, like the your the person who like tries to make your your morals influence or enhanced. You know what I mean? What is yeah. that called? Moral compass. Yeah, yeah, moral compass. Right. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm like very sleepy. I'm sorry. It's ten o'clock. Yeah, no, I'm it's fine. Tired. Um. So speaking of Robin Williams, I wrote, I love Robin as the genie, but I love that it's now a role for a person of color. Yeah. Genie is only played now by like 
men of color. Not I'm not even In talking the, about Will Smith. I'm talking yeah. about which that is a good example. But um for the Broadway show, they had James Monroe Englehart as um as the genie on Broadway. Yeah. To originate it. And even the guy that took his place was great. I think that's the guy that we saw was the guy who took his place. But now they only have men of I I'm pretty sure only black men have played genie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked what they did with uh, the character of the genie in the Broadway production. I thought they did a really good job because they, they weren't really trying to, like, copy what Robin Williams had done. But they did it in a way that was very, uh, I don't know, it was just good. And I, I even kind of thought that uh, Will Smith did a okay decent job in the live action one because like even he wasn't really trying to like he wasn't trying to copy robin williams either so yeah i mean giving credit where credit's due i thought will smith did all right yeah he was yeah he was good um but but nobody will ever beat robin williams of course yeah um um I wrote, the genie is what my ADHD brain looks like. <laughs> Seriously. Like, that's... He's so random, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the way he shapeshifts or whatever you want to call it. The, the random things that he says. The different voices and um, imitations he does. It's just like, that's my brain. I feel like, now that you say that, I feel like if I was a Disney character, that's probably the disney character i would be because i'm always like (laughs) i'm always just like randomly quoting like movies and imitating people and stuff so yeah i feel like that's the character i would be um Mm -hmm. and i i always really love the story behind how robin williams got the part because they really wanted him uh to do it and uh I think he was a little conflicted because at the time he was trying to, he was already assigned to do another movie, um, which was uh, Fern Gully. He was doing the voice of the bat in Fern Gully. So he was kind of like, he's like, I don't know if I want to do this while I'm doing Fern Gully. But how they convinced him to do it was that they like animated, like they took like a audio, like from one of his standups and they just, and like they did like an animation for it. And he, he laughed so hard at that, and that's how they finally won him over and got to do uh, mm-hmm. the part. So, yeah. I wrote also that the genie's really cute. Yeah. Um. And um, I love his little quirks. He's cute. Yeah, he is cute. I I find that his like his whole arc about like wanting his freedom and stuff is is really interesting and it i mean it it is interesting like all together because like all three of the main parts are like looking for some kind of freedom his is like you know he wants to not really be like the master of anybody Mm -hmm. anymore and aladdin just wants like freedom and like wealth and uh jasmine wants freedom and like not being a princess anymore so it's interesting how all 
three of them are looking for some kind of like freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You're right. I never, I never really thought about I that until just now. That. Yeah, I never. Well, Aladdin has all the freedom in the world. He, in some ways, yes, but in other ways, like like he's looking for like, like because like he doesn't want to like be like. He doesn't want to be a thief anymore. He wants to be able to walk around and just, like, be himself. Because he's always constantly having to, like, put on an act and having to trick people. And he just really... He thinks he doesn't want to be himself, but he does want to be himself. And that's kind of his whole arc, too. He's learning how to just be his best self. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Um, I love the bond that you see the genie and Aladdin have. Like, they're the bond that grows with between yeah. them. Um, and it's funny because I was watching the live action one the other day, and I said, wow, you really can see the bond between them in this. Like, I was expecting, like, oh, you're not going to be able to see that as much in the new movie, but you actually can. Yeah. So, I thought that, you know, they had good chemistry as well. Yeah. I love the part where it's right after when the genie rescues Aladdin from drowning. And he's like, I'm getting kind of fond of you, kid. And what's mm-hmm. funny is that I, because I, what I do from time to time is, like, I love to watch the outtakes of what Robin Williams did in the studio when he was mm-hmm. recording the part. And there's one outtake where after he says that part, he goes, uh, well, in the movie, he says something like, I would have, it's like, oh yeah, he says like, I don't want to like, I, I'm getting kind of fond of you, not that I want to pick curtains or anything. But then in the outtakes, he says, he says, um, I would have given you mouth to mouth, but I don't find you that attractive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's really yeah. funny. That's funny. The outtakes are are just as funny, if not more funny, than what ends up in the movie. Like, he does so many more different imitations. Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so should I talk about the themes? Yeah. Um, okay. So, freedom, obviously, and confinement... We just mentioned that. Um, power. Mm-hmm. Especially with Jafar. Um, but also, Aladdin is the owner of the genie, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, society and class. It's like a rich girl marrying a poor boy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, isn't there, like, an actual, like, a tale, like, a fairy tale as well about, like, the oh once on this island actually now that i think about it rich boy poor girl and it's like she'll never marry you or he'll never marry you because he's rich and you're poor cinderella yeah so the prince and the pauper yeah exactly yeah um and honesty is a big one like truth because Mm -hmm. aladdin isn't truthful to he he is dishonest to what's her name jasmine First, he's honest to her, but then he wants to become a prince because she can only marry a prince, so he's not being truthful. And he's like, but I really am a prince. She's like, mm-hmm. why didn't you tell me that? Um, and then he's also, you know, he 
betrays Genie because he's like, I'm going to set you free. And then he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And then Jafar obviously is dishonest. Actually, I can get into a whole thing right now. So, in Othello by mm-hmm. Shakespeare, there is a Jafar character and his name is Iago. Oh, really? Yes. The villain is named Iago. And his name is, his nickname is Honest Iago throughout the whole thing because he's not honest. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's everything but honest. But he gaslights people into being like, well, Honest Iago, like, I'm the honest one. I'm the one who's always going to be here to tell you the truth. But he's not really telling you the truth. He's just telling you his truth, which is basically gaslighting everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to court Desdemona. And then there's Othello who wants to be with Desdemona. It's literally Aladdin. Aladdin yeah. is Othello, but kind of twisted and turned. And- <laughs> you said twisted. Because at one point she goes, uh, when when Jasmine is trying to seduce Jafar, she goes, and your beard is so twisted. Ew. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I didn't think about that. But, no, but seriously, um, they, they really did um, base a lot of Aladdin. I mean, Aladdin's a story, too. It's like a fairy tale. But they based a lot of the movie off of Othello, too. Mm. Because, like, they took... I mean, it's a book, Aladdin, like I said, it's a fairy tale. I own the the book, mm-hmm. but they, you know, it's not like a perfect adapt- adaptation. It's, you know. Yeah. So they did take the name of Iago, and they didn't want to make Jafar Iago because it would have been too obvious. So they made his bird, his parrot, Iago. Yeah. I, I can't believe you didn't know that, really. Yeah, I didn't. I, didn't I wrote know a that. paper on that, actually. <laughs> but that about that whole concept? No, um, about honesty in oh. Shakespeare works, or no, honesty with uh, with Jafar. I wonder if I still have that paper. Not Jafar, Iago. He is Jafar, and every time I read or have read Othello, I think of I think of Jafar. That's an interesting tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> And well, it's interesting um, too because when you were when you mentioned power as being one of the themes, obviously Jafar is really obsessed with power, and he wants to he wants especially like magical power. And the thing that kind of occurred to me too while I was watching it was that like throughout the whole thing, like he's obsessed with again magical power, and he sees that as like the ultimate like. Uh, just like you know the end all be all and um but really like in the end like like with the character Aladdin what char- like what Aladdin the character of Aladdin shows is that kind of it's it's not really the end all be all cuz like mm-hmm. he he gets the better of him simply like using his knowledge and like his manipulation tactics Javar? And, no Aladdin does Aladdin. So, like, in the end, it's, like, knowledge won over magical powers. So, it's, yeah. like, in the end, it's, like, like, yeah, he, he gets magical powers, but he's trapped into being a genie. Mm-hmm. So, it's not really all what he thinks magical power is cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. Any uh, final thoughts that you want to get out of Aladdin? Um, 
Well, a fun fact that I do know about Aladdin is the genie's lines were recorded up to 20 different ways. Every single line. Yeah. He did 20 different takes. Isn't that in- insane? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, like, every single line had to be done differently. Yeah. Um, one thing I really like about Aladdin is that... This is going to sound kind of weird, I guess, but... Now, right now, we have Encanto being, like, the big, really popular work for kids from Disney. And it's not white, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I I love that because it's, like, you have all these kids that have always been loving, oh, Ariel and Belle and blah, 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 and all these white princesses. But now it's, like, they're so, all celebrating something that has, like, a culture to it. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, Colombia, so it's, like... You know his like uh, Latino mm-hmm. culture, and um, I just think that that's really great. And so you look at all the different movies that have main characters that are people of color. You've got you know Princess and the Frog, you've got Mulan, and you have this. Mm-hmm. Like girls want to be Jasmine, boys want to be Aladdin. It's just really. It's great to see that because it's like they're Middle Eastern. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that, I don't want this to sound ignorant what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, I think it's great that we're not. Just, I mean, like back then in the 90s, like, yeah. it was something that what we weren't celebrating just like the white characters. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to make that sound ignorant. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. make it sound like, you know. You're happy that in the 90s they had made a movie that wasn't centered around yes. white people. I'm yeah. very tired. I can't get my <laughs> words out. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, that kids, like, loved it so much. Because we're seeing that right now. Like, my students yeah. are obsessed with Encanto. I'm obsessed with Encanto. But my students are so obsessed with it. And wait until, you, wait until Halloween this year. You're going to see all the little girls are going to be Mirabelle. It's going to be so yeah. cute. And it's just, I don't know, I love that. Is Mirabelle the strong one? No, that's Louisa. Oh, okay. No, Mirabelle's the main girl with yeah. the glasses who didn't get a gift. Yeah. Aww. I'm not familiar with the names. Louisa's yeah. the strong girl. And then the one who's perfect that makes flowers is Isabella. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to say? I just wanted to say that I really love this film. I always have... Always will. Same here. <laughs> I love all the colors, too. like the colors that they go with, like the pur- like purple is a very prominent color. Yeah. In Aladdin, I feel like like you've got the carpet, you've got his um, vest, even the genie's like a shade of blue purple. I feel like purple is very prominent. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Purple and blue. Yeah, but purple signifies royalty, and wealth. Mm-hmm. Aladdin doesn't have that. Oh. I'm just thinking about it. And Jasmine wears blue. Right. Too. She I don't does. know if that means anything. Not but. really. Yeah. Um, purple just signifies royalty, like, especially during, like, Shakespearean times. Like, a lot, and, like, the Renaissance, and, like, during, you know, like, throughout history, but, like, not so much anymore, but, like, throughout, like, history, in the arts department, people 
wore purple to flaunt they had money and it was made in art a lot you know like um paintings and stuff purple was just a very successful wealthy color i don't know why it just was it's just a piece of history i know isn't there a second one called jafar's return or something yeah like the, i think it's called ja- the return, return of, of jafar. jafar yeah what's really funny is i owned it on vhs never saw it really never saw it there was a tv show too wasn't there yeah. like on disney channel well it's, i mean it's funny because back then the every movie that i come out there was always a tv show that was followed by hercules yeah Emperor little Zero, mermaid little, the little mermaid show's good tim curry voiced some characters it's on good it, I which is funny because he also did some voices in the actual it. movie as well i watched it on disney plus like not long ago like a couple yeah. months ago mm-hmm. um it's very like, comforting to just watch. Except for your... Beauty and the Beast, I don't think they ever did one no. for Beauty and the Beast. No, Cinderella. There have been like movies after it, like Cinderella Two. I used to watch a lot. I owned that. Um, Mulan. There was just Mulan Two, right? Yeah. I don't. There ha- oh Tarzan. There was a Tarzan show. Yeah. That's the other one I was thinking. Of. I love Tarzan. Oh my god, I could go on about Tarzan forever. But, yeah, I love Aladdin. It's a, it's a great classic film. But it's funny because I didn't, um, didn't watch it until I was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Not, like, too much older, but, like, maybe I was, like, 11 when I saw it. Mm-hmm. 10. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching it as long as I can remember, really. I don't remember when I, I started watching it. you loved the but... genie when you were little. Yeah, I did love the genie. I mean, we, I mean... I feel like everybody's loved the genie at some point. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's, I'm telling you, he's my ADHD brain. Yeah. For real. Like, that's, like, what goes on inside my head. Like, I'll see one thing, and then I'll hear another thing, and I'll turn this way, and then I'll start getting another thought about something, and... Yeah. It's funny. He's very quirky. Yeah. Well, this has been Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's guest co-host was Bethany. See ya. See ya next time. (laughs)